Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Selena's Underground Podcast. Oh, I did it. I got through it. Year look <laughs> at Selena's news events. World War II industries today. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff. This, this is a good one. Yeah, this is another history one. I know people like this. This is cool. I love that people love these because I love doing the research. Can I just say, even before you introduce me, you are doing a public service, Oz, and we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think we'll, people we'll resonate with them so much is because it's like so obviously local to like our city. But you pull up like the neatest, most interesting, you know what I mean, topics and, you know, kind of events and things like that. And I, every time I listen to one of the history episodes, I think to myself, why the fuck didn't they teach me this in school? Well, and yeah, exactly. And this one has an even different like little side note that to me is even more interesting and and is barely talked about. Like there's a couple websites and they're like, dude, the reason we do this is because literally if we didn't say this, like then the next it's generation would for yeah. history. Yeah. And it's such a neat thing. And and, and we'll, Ooh, we'll, get, get, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> get in, into that part of, of what this is. Um, but anyway, yeah, again, this is Selena's Underground podcast. This is your first time. Ah, just kidding. I'm not going to introduce you. Um, well, not you. I mean, introduce the show. But yeah, sitting here with me today is Samantha from the 831 Comadres. What up? What's up? Um, yeah, she's going to be going on this journey. I was going to try to do it alone, but I, I don't Co-hosts are always the funnest, and yeah. I'm the best. Well, and I think also, like, so, when, when I do these, there's, like, a lot of common questions that probably come up. For sure. And I can't think of them, you know, because I did my research. So I'm like, shit, I have everything. <laughs> everything <laughs> you, is God. there. <laughs> but I'm sure if you're listening, like uh, everyone would be like, what? He, like this part, he kind of like lost, you know. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you do have someone live with you, they they probably will have the same question, you know. Right. So if there is something. I, I am an astute student of yours today yeah. i will ask all the questions i'm really interested in this I, I got a little sneak peek about the topic before i signed on to be the co-host today and it's so interesting because it, this is a topic that's probably had the most data uh, about it there's like my my main uh research thing was a 252 page government report mm -hmm. about this project and it went. It was literally classified. It was interesting, and, and you, I'll, I'll explain why later. Mm -hmm. But it was a classified. Doc. I mean, obviously now it's declassified. I'm sure everyone's like, "What the fuck are they going to talk about?" Yeah. Just let it out yeah, of the bag it's already. So that and, here, um, here is my first help to the audience and listenership today. Oh my! God. What are we talking about today, Oz? Yeah, we are talking about a plant called guayuli, or guayul, guayul. Guayul, it looks like mesquite, kind of, if you think mm -hmm. about it. Um, is it native to Mesoamerica? Yeah, it's it's from northern Mexico. It, it grows in Everything like chi comes Chihuahua. From Mexico. Yeah, Me Mexico is definitely Mexico. such a, a hotbed of, of different plants, including orchids, like my lovely, <laughs> not orchids, I mean, no, also orchids, actually, yeah, also, also orchids. orchids. Also orchids. You were talking about that, yes. My dahlias. Yes. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm showing strangers. I'm in line at places. At the grocery store. <laughs> and I'm store. like, look at my dahlias. Shout out to the lady in Safeway. Yeah, uh, every single. Or uh, Knob Hill in your case because you're yeah, bougie. I go to Knob Hill a lot. So do I. I'm not even going to lie. But I just love, oh, my God. If you 
yeah, if you don't follow Jardín del Sol Salinas on Instagram, you're missing out. Yeah, do yourself a favor. <laughs> a full ball. But anyway, yeah, so this plant, and again, this plant is so interesting. And yeah, we'll just get it. There's not really, oh my God, I was listening to another podcast. And it was like 13 minutes in and they were still talking about just their week. Yeah. And it's like, ah, talk about Sacramento Republic. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I'll call them out. But yeah, thank uh, thank you for yeah, we'll we'll keep the and nothing much has happened. You know, we had um actually right here locally El, El Calpa on last episode. Really Dope. cool, cool great story, you know, yeah. out of, from Peru. Oh my I'm, I love I, all the international music you've been turning folks on to. Yeah, that's so that's I, I love that, yeah. And I actually incorporated part of his story into one of the stories that I'm writing. Oh, right. And yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 Inspiration. Yeah, it was so cool. And I was like, oh, my God, I know exactly how I'm going to do it. So anyway, there's probably been four more Starbucks since that. That's probably the only thing that has happened. Um, so, yeah. Can I make you say it out loud and make it real? Which story? Because I know the stories, but I just want you to say it on the air and you don't have to explain it oh. at all. I just want it to live in perpetuity forever. But which story? Stanley's vicissitude? Yes. Yeah. Is that the... Okay. All right. Yeah, because, well, there's... It's in the work. He... And I mean, I don't care. I'm not that private about this story, actually. But it, so, yeah, Stanley, the main... One of his things is that he likes no, to we're go, gonna go to into, a deli. We're going to go into the 13 minutes, Oz. <laughs> <laughs> 548, 548. Turn into Selena's, tune into Selena's Underground podcast next week when we talk about. (laughs) I I almost, oh my God, I had it finished and I was at the, I was writing for like two hours and then my hand cramped up and I couldn't keep writing. I, you know what I did? This is going to show how much of a nerd I am. I started teaching myself how to write with my left hand. I was like, fuck You're it. You're learning just... to be ambidextrous <laughs> yeah. so that you can continue yeah, writing. Yeah, exactly. So when my right hand cramps up, I could just keep writing with my left hand. This, oh my God. folks, I, is I a, a true I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. Volumes. Any, Volumes. Anyway, uh, yeah, Stanley's vicissitude coming soon. Yes. Um, a story by uh, Osvaldo Lucero. Yeah, yeah that's going to be my house on Mango Street, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I recently was, it was brought to my attention something that I wrote like over a year ago, about a year and a half ago. And one of the first lines, it talks about Sandra Cisneros on the street. So, yeah. Very influential. Classic. Classic. Um, La Tia Sandra. So, so, okay. Back to our topic. Back to this little mesquite looking plant that grows in northern Mexico called, called guayuli. Or, or guayu. I'm going to say guayu. I, that just sounds more normal to me. <laughs> I, it's one of those things where you've never heard it said in speech. It's always. I've gen- only read it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's and what being I've, multilingual, I think that's an, that's hard as well. Well, yeah. And that, I've heard that people say that where, like, again, don't make fun of people that mispronounce words because they've probably only read them before. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that means they're red. Like, that's cool. But I'm going with guayu. And because also I feel like a lot of times like white America likes to put like E on the end of stuff to make it sound like cool, you know? Yeah. All that. Woody. <laughs> Why you leave? <laughs> like it just makes it sound more country or tough or something, you know? And it's like E, like E. Uh, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, so I think that's. <laughs> so I'm going with Guayul. Guayul. Guayul is, is this little plant that grows in northern Mexico, like I was saying. And it is unique in that. Both its branches and its roots 
have a latex that you can make rubber out of. Okay. It's not not exactly the tree rubber, which is also from the Americas. <laughs> um, Don't get it twisted. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, and and this that plant and Selena's contributed to the World War II effort, and that's what this story is all about in a major way. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. pretty significant. Like this is nuts. I can't believe this. So um, so anyway, so yeah, so that's how I that's how I like to do it. Let's start way back. Let's you know we'll make the connection Taking later on. Yeah, back in time. <laughs> yeah, we're going all the way back because like, like I just mentioned, the and then to this day, you know, the most. Productive rubber trees, what we use for natural rubber, they come from South America, from Brazil. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they're grown mostly in in Southeast Asia, but they're they're native to Brazil. Mm-hmm. And dude, and this is a whole another whole another episode. I don't even know if it's a Salinas Underground episode, but there needs to be an episode of the re- like. Okay, South America, Central America are very poor, a lot of times struggling financial countries, and the reason is because they were. Their wealth was just extracted, and, mm-hmm. and they never got to become a part of the process. Correct. And, and this is part of it. So, like, the poorest countries are the most resource rich countries. Exactly, and, and yeah, because the rich countries just just take all the resources and make all the money. And so, like, so Brazil never got rich. Like, the rubber industry is worth. You know, at this point, they're synthetic rubber now. But mm-hmm. back when it was just natural rubber, it was like billions and billions of dollars that Brazil missed out on because of some asshole named Henry Wickman. That dude's a fucking dick. <laughs> Henry Wickman. Yeah, Henry Wickman. He went to Brazil saying, oh, I'm going to study. I want to study some specimens, which means in, in like the language he used, like dead stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. there to, to look at dead stuff. But really, they're he, he always there to study something, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. that that's that's it's a, always uh, the guys is like academia. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they use that a lot to steal. That, yeah. that over and over and oh, over again, God. they Pillage use it to steal and loot and. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what this guy did. So what he ended up doing We're was on to you. He ended up taking ten ten thousand seeds from Brazil again illegally, illegally. Even at this time in 1876, when he did it, there was already a law in Brazil against this because again they realized the potential but see that what the brazilians did is because the tree grew naturally in brazil they just harvested the trees out in the wild you know Mm -hmm. they weren't like like europeans just saw dollar signs you know so they were like dude we could just clear cut land and then all we do is plant these rubber trees and you can have a whole shit ton of rubber and you make a ton of money you stupid brazilians you know and um, and that I mean they're not yeah. stupid, but that that's their idea, you know. Exactly. And the Brazilians are they don't like, know any better, so we have to come and help them. Yeah, it's called and, white savior complex. Well, it's, yeah, it's so funny. And the Brazilians are like, we have enough rubber, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no need for that. Like, we don't greed doesn't exist in our society as as it does in other like we, we we're fine, dude. We'll eat some papayas and fucking <laughs> grow our rubber. And um, I still think that's so amazing that rubber comes from here, like. Yeah. How many dodgeballs and stuff we've all played with, the rubber bouncy balls and everything, and that three thousand years ago, some some Mexica dudes were bumping their hips, yeah, <laughs> bouncing exactly. a ball like that. Mm-hmm. We think it was so cool. So anyway, anyway, I didn't th- even th- think about that. Yeah, that, it's uh, it's so. Um, what a beautiful thought. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, I love that. But yeah, so anyways, so. So these these plants are smuggled out of again these seeds are smuggled out of Brazil. I love that you're using all the right terminology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was a crime. This, this was it a was, crime. They yes. t- and they, they took of epic them, proportion. 
Yeah. And they took him to the, this guy, uh, Henry Wickman took him to the Key Gardens? Q Gardens. Q Gardens, which still exists. It's still a botanical, probably still charges money to see a bunch of shit that they stole. Every Brazilian should be able to go in there for free. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the Q Gardens was able to propagate some of these seeds into into saplings and then these saplings they sent them to like india and burma like because mm-hmm. england that was where they had major colonies and they were like oh shit we got tropical colonies you know this grew mm-hmm. in tropical place and sure enough it that that took off that took off and to the point where southeast asia was the center of rubber and once again fucking colonizers united kingdom got the money mm-hmm. brazil got they don't get shit out of this, you know. They, it's not like they were sending them money. Like, oh, thanks for the billions of dollars. Here's some money for the shit we Here's stole. Here's a kickback. They're just like, sorry, uh, suckers. Like, and even th- in the mob, you get a kickback. The fuck? Yeah. Everyone knows that. Well, and to the and this was in 1870, and to this day, these countries are still struggling. Yep. And we are immensely, immensely wealthy. And I say we as American. I'm not British. I, I'm not saying we got to pay them reparations or something. But like, dude. We got we created all the all those problems that they have. We should be the one. I'm not saying we should be the fix it. again, not that savior complex, but somehow we have. We should just give them a ton of money and let them fix their shit. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to wrap it up in a nice little bow, but nah, you're right. We should just give them a whole bunch of money and let them internally figure out their problems. Because obviously we've created enough for them already. And that's the story of America in every, like name one place America hasn't meddled in foreign affairs to cause fucking destabilization oh of entire governments yeah. to remove regimes democratically and- elected governments exactly left-wing governments too it's mm-hmm. not like we're or left yeah no. we we like we like no. dictators yeah, we no. support dictators a lot no we support <laughs> them when they're in support of our own oh, yeah. american interests that's when we you know yeah when everybody's noriega great, right? right i think oh, manuel yeah. noriega was like our friend and then not our friend mm-hmm. when he didn't yeah I don't know. I might, like I might be wrong. You you turn a blind eye this way and you do dealings on this side of the table and you don't really look that way and you know that it's happening. But then all of a sudden when it's no longer convenient for you, it's like, oh, shake a finger at that. Like, so crazy. So hypocritical. But here we so go. Fucked up. Why you old trees? Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so we, now we fast forward up until the 1930s and Japan was like, our little island is too tall, too small. Like we need more space. <laughs> we need more space so they just started invading the shit out of everybody <laughs> so yeah japan was very imperial as well speaking of, of imperialism so yeah we're, we're all well, well aware of 1930s japan um and part of them taking over all these countries meant that they controlled 90 percent of the world's rubber supply and at this point the u.s wasn't at war with japan but naturally, people understood, you know, some people in government of like, hey, this is an issue. Like, this is an issue that, hey the, guys. yeah, if they cut off the Red tap, flag. like, we're kind of screwed. Yep. So the government was like, all right, well, what the hell? This is why we break we the monopolies now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the government was like, yeah, did a couple things, you know, started like, all right, let's stockpile rubber and then let's mm-hmm. and let's figure out some stuff. You know, what if there is there any replacement, you know, yeah. and then. The powers that be um, went to go get thinking. Well, and then this is where, you know, and already since the late 1800s in Mexico, American companies had been experimenting with this plant, this Wayul. 
already there was, you know, these companies immediately were like, hey, y'all got money? <laughs> we got a plant, bro. We got a plant. Um, we but, just need your money to figure it all out. Yeah. But again, like you, they could grow the plant pretty well, but like extracting the rubber from it was very expensive. So that's where companies were like, eh, like. Nah, we can't. We can't figure it out. Yeah, like we know don't there's make sense. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we know the rubber's there, but it, it just like you're saying, yeah, it just doesn't make financial sense. And then this is where you know, gotta gotta name drop some people. And this is where uh, this guy, Doctor W. B. McCallum, McCallum, Doctor W. B. McCallum comes in. He, I believe, he started at the University of Alabama because okay. that was like a, a big farm school, I guess. Southern. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it starts in, in the South, in Alabama. Fella. He worked for a company called the Continental Mexican Rubber Company. It's not Continental, the same Continental that's around now, the Continental Tire Company. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a different Continental. There was a, an American Continental Company in New Jersey, but there was also this Continental Mexican Rubber Company, and they were doing experiments in Guayul. Dr. McCallum sets up a lab in Torreón. And he gets to work. He starts doing his freaking, he's actually doing a lot of really good work. He's doing some really, really good research, figuring out some really cool stuff. And then in 1912, as Mexicans tend to do, yes. they started fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I, I've got to yeah. come back to that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nineteen twelve. So, I know the story. Yeah. So Mexico was independent at this time, but but yeah, people were dicks in office, and the Mexican people were like, "Nah, homie." And we had Pancho Villa in the north, and you had freaking oh my god, what's what's the guy in the south? Why am I blanking on his name? The farmer. Oh, Benito Juarez. No. Well, no. he was a president. No, he became. He president, became president. He was yeah. A, oh my uh, god, what the hell's the farmer guy from the south? From Oaxaca. Oh my God! Everybody's yelling it into their into their yeah, speaker well, right like, now. It's Pancho Villa and oh my God! I gotta look this up because I, 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 I can't. <laughs> I'm like why. I I I don't know why I'm blanking as well, but Pancho Villa taqueria. <laughs> That's the first thing. Zapata. Oh Emiliano Zapata. Yeah. yeah, you had Zapata in the south and Pancho Villa in the north, and they converged in the F.A. and they just threw a big ass party and they <laughs> kicked the president out. So anyway, so that sounds like a drunk history episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the Mexican Revolution by Oz in two minutes. Um, that was like forty three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any, so Doctor McCallum was like, "Damn, so, so guy of you to overestimate yeah. time." <laughs> yeah, better forty three seconds than no seconds. <laughs> um, yeah. So this guy's like, "Oh man, these fucking Mexicans are getting a little uppity. I got to get out of here." So he goes to San Diego. <laughs> He goes this sp- is a drunk history <laughs> episode. This is this is Selena's underground history. I love it. These Mexicans are getting um, a little uppity. I gotta get the fuck up out of Dodge. He's and like so G Willikers. G Willikers, Jim. <laughs> yeah. So he went Gali. to yeah. He went to Diego because he's right by the border. He went right? to San Diego because yeah, because it's right by the border. So uh, and it's arid, a similar climate. Mm-hmm. So he he set up shop there. He moved his lab there, and then the the company also bought a big ass piece of land in Arizona. So he immediately realized the San Diego location wasn't going to work. So he started going to Arizona. So he started to work out of Arizona. But while he was in Arizona, this dude was a fucking thinker. He started putting plants all over the Southwest. He started putting mm-hmm. them everywhere. And he was like, all right, while I set up my shop over here, I'm going to let y'all do what you do. And I'm going to come back when mm. I'm done and, and see what, see, what grew see what's well. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
the Arizona mm-hmm. place was a complete failure. Like he 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 set it up and everything, but he couldn't get the plants to grow correctly. So he's like, all right, well, drunk me or whatever, uh, early me. <laughs> looked out for fucking me now so let me let me see what i got younger you know? me looked yeah. out for older me yeah and yeah so he had so he set this list of parameters you know of like weather land price space available all this stuff mm-hmm. and there was one clear winner winner and it was beautiful salinas salinas california he was like what salinas <laughs> that's a direct quote it's a direct quote. <laughs> so <laughs> and you it, were there. There's yeah, video footage. Yeah. There again there's a 252 page document. It was very extensive though. Um so Dr. Direct quotes. Dr. McCullum is just like he's the original migrant, man. He came from northern Mexico to San Diego to Arizona and then Salinas. Like he he blazed that trail. So he moved his headquarters what? here. You're gonna give it to a white person? <laughs> yeah, nah, Ma- nah, 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 nah. Run that Dr. Back. McCallum. He's right. he's our god. No. <laughs> so what? you speak for yourself. <laughs> they have okay. pictures of him too. It's so interesting. They have old timey pictures of this guy. But in nineteen twenty five, he moved over here and they had about eight thousand acres of this stuff planted. That's when he was. That's when they started going to the government, being like, "Look at this, dude! Look at what we're doing!" Because hey, it's still expensive, you know. And the yeah. company's like, "Bro, we need to make money." So they're like, "All right, hey, government, like government contracts have always out. been highly coveted." I see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So again, in in 1930, as as Japan was kind of you know invading most of Southeast Asia, the government was like, all right, all right, let's do something. With these wild old trees. Yeah. On McCullum. So they sent two 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 uh majors to come over here to learn from this guy to see what the hell what his pitch was all about. One of them was actually Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Shut the fuck <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. See, they don't tell us. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. A freaking president yeah. came to study Guayul trees in Salinas, and there's not like a plaque well, and somewhere keep... for like little kids to go and get a day off of school right. for a bunk ass field trip. Like, well, come and on. All of this, oh my God, all of this, it, like, they didn't have exact addresses, so I had to try to figure I. I I could sh- I could see by rows of trees. I was like, I know where the fuck that is. <laughs> I know exactly where on old stage that shit is. And yeah. I went on Google Maps and it's still like in the shape. And I was like, oh, okay, oh. I, I know where that is. But like parceled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, but anyway, getting back to it's, dude. A lot of this was done right there on on Alisal, Alisal, Barden. Like it was wow. literally on Barden's land. He was one of the two that got paid out first. And it's just like. Why don't we? Why don't we teach this yeah, shit? Why don't so we dope. go to a freaking like a day trip to this? Um, so anyway, and, it's, and there we got streets named after Barden, and like there's this is like, hey, this is a story of a part of how he made his fortune. Yeah, like, yeah, and it's local. Oh my god, I don't, I don't, and and, and you'll see again uh, later on. I'll explain a little bit why it is kind of. I'll give credit to some people. It is kind of hard to find this. Nobody's, nobody's as uh enthusiastic as me i'll say that that makes me feel nice (laughs) (laughs) very few very yeah so in 1939 that's when congress was you know finally you know japan had at this point taken over all of southeast asia they now controlled 90 percent of the world's rubber supply and so congress enacted something called the emergency rubber project 
And that finally gave funding to this. So now, mm-hmm. now there was some money coming into this. Still not a whole lot of money. Cash flow. But yeah, but exactly. Now the, at least the project could continue. And then on December 7th, 1941, Japan did wait, wait, something. Wait, 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 wait. That, that oh. sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Hmm. Japan was like, we want more money to go to this project. So we got to do something about it. <laughs> So they attacked Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Solely Specifically, in the interest yeah. of the Guayul For the Guayul. <laughs> For the Guayul. Um, so, yeah. So then the U.S. goes into the war, and at this point, it just opens up the, the floodgates. You know, for money, any any kind of war production is just getting a ton of money. This project ended up getting $37 million. $37 million in what year? 19... 1942. Damn, what's yeah. that? What does that translate to? You know right, what? Exactly. To today's yeah. money, billions, trillions of dollars, probably yeah. trillions of dollars, billions of dollars. Let's see. Okay. I would say at least billions. I'm not good with inflation. I know it's heavy. Let's see. Find U.S. dollars, 1913 to 2023. If in, yeah, and this was, it was because at first I was like, oh, this is probably updated for modern numbers, mm-hmm. but no, that report from it that was, time it that says, was the figure. Yeah. Damn. Thirty-seven million. How many zeros is that? Right. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. What is that? So thirty-seven million in nineteen forty-three. That's thirty-seven million is six hundred and ninety million dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! Holy Over crap. a half a billion bucks. Yeah. In rubber. Yeah. Just and that's just the one out. project. I'm sure they didn't just have one. They're not going to throw all their eggs yeah, into one basket. Exactly. Fuck. Okay, well, yeah, because at the same So the equivalent of a half a billion dollars would just influxed into the city of Salinas. Yeah. yeah. And we don't ever talk about this. Like, it blows my mind. Yeah. That's so crazy. So, again, it's work be- in Salinas, the work started immediately. The first thing the government did was buy the Continental Rubber Company for $1.7 million. And then then they sent a team over. The team arrived, and literally on day one, they are like, okay, we need a million dollars right now. <laughs> I got it. That's it. Day, that's it. We need yeah. housing. We need, yeah. And this is, so in, in March of 1942, so, again, December 7th, is when the U.S. entered, entered the, the war against Japan. By March, they already opened up the first camp, a camp that could house a thousand workers. Oh shit! They uh, put it up in three months. And yeah, yeah. and it, it was called actually Camp McCallum after Doctor McCallum, and you can go visit it right now. It's called San Gerardo. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I went to preschool there. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Yeah, it's now and actually, if you if I I went on Google Maps, if you go, the streets are still called Camp McCollum. Like the street, that's there's really like one dope. big street. That's a really fun little piece of history. Yeah, San Gerardo was original the, the original camp when they built for the Guayul Rubber Project. I'm sure hella people that's listening the, right now went to that same preschool yeah. too. Yeah, we all Eastside kids. <laughs> Yeah, and again, by June, they had 3,000 laborers working and 1,000 scientists. There's 4,000 people. What, what was the majority of the laborers? What What was the, like, um, demographic at that time in terms of ethnic 
demographic of workers. The report didn't say ethnicities, but it did say that they were very low skilled workers. I mean, they say that about farm workers, too, which is absolute bullshit. Well, because no, what they were saying, because like everybody else, like at that point. There was so many, like so many jobs. They're mm-hmm. like basically like all the if you worked in carpentry or knew anything about metal, you were building ships. Because, yeah. um, because again, there still wasn't a lot of of money. There was like no overtime and stuff. So mm-hmm. like they could work for private companies and get paid overtime gotcha. and stuff. So yeah, so it it yeah, I was curious about that, but it did say that because of that, you basically got the bottom of the barrel. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't say who. Well, it was saying we're doing the best we can because this is what we're able to attract, essentially. I feel like that's was kind of the yeah. gist of that part of the report. And I thought this was a pretty neat quote from the from the report here about just managing people. And it, it's just so fun because this is a pretty dry government report. But I, I just thought this, this was, um, and again, this is a direct quote about, you know, because so many people joined so quickly. And it says the project had learned from experience during its relatively minor first season that labor trouble is in proportion to the cube of the number employed. Handling 10 men is no problem. A hundred men is an important job and a thousand men is a big, difficult task requiring skill, training and experience. And again, this was supposed to be have 50,000 people working on this project at, at full, full tilt. To me, that. That is what is. I wonder how much in proportion that is to like how many people work at Taylor Farms. You feel me? Like, you know, yeah. like you. that's I don't know. I, I need like those are the types of examples I need to kind of realize the full scope of how big something like that right? actually is. Yeah. 50,000 workers. I mean, Selena's probably had them. I don't even think Selena's had 50,000 people at not that at point. Not at that time, probably not. And again, and granted, it wouldn't all be in Selena's because Selena, so the way it was set up is that, like, they they realized really quickly that these plants are super finicky. Like, there's there's almost endless varieties of them. Mm-hmm. And this, this is where vicissitude came from. Um, that this, so this one variety can grow very well in Salinas, but not produce a lot of rubber. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Bakersfield, it doesn't grow very well, but it produces a lot more rubber by percentage. Gotcha. So then there's this, so they have to try to, so they're like, dude, so what do we do? You know, either, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have to lose somewhere. So there's all, so again, a bunch of these scientists, that's a lot of what the work is doing is to being like, how can we develop a strain that we can grow in as many places as possible? Because well, that's another thing that they realize quickly, like, dude, we can't grow all this in the Salinas Valley because it's very expensive land. And, mm-hmm. um, and also, like, if the farmers didn't want it, they could be like, dude, we're growing food for the war effort. Like, oh, like, that's true. Yeah, so th- th- there's a thing next in Santa Maria. There was a big fight where the farmers were like, "You're not going to plant this shit here. <laughs> like, you're not going to keep gonna, it moving, Dad. Yeah, and, keep it moving. And, Our strawberries are way more important. Yeah, exactly. Than your bullshit. And that's what they used as that. Yeah, like we're growing food for the war effort. Like we're not going to try to, you know. And then the government's like, "Well, if you don't have rubber, then how are you going to get your, you know, how are you going to get your crops to freaking market kind of thing?" Yeah. Um. So anyway, so a lot of that, a lot of the the research that was being done in Salinas, and again, and I, I wasn't able to to really 
to find the history of this, but I'm almost, almost certain that the USDA facility on Alisal is the laboratory from that. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because like what makes me think that is because I know they they recently got a bunch of money to like redo redo it. it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they're going to put them. And that was the thing that they said that, hey, a lot of these buildings are World War Two era buildings. Oh, so I have a feeling because they they one thing that they kept referring to a lot is the Spence Mill. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that they also had like a mill off of Spence Road. Okay. Because right next to Spence Road is San Gerardo. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. so that's where the workers live. This is where they grew the plants, and mm-hmm. this is where they processed it. Down the street, or we here in Salinas, right down um, Old Stage, that's where the scientists were doing their work. Which, I mean, that, that absolutely blows my mind that at some point there's a thousand scientists yeah. on the east side. On the east side, you know, Just and still there. Um, Dang, that's hella dope. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so our little town is so important. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, the yes, the country was prepared. You know, the, the country was prepared. They had known for years that this was a possibility of, the, of a rubber shortage. So they did have a stockpile, but it was quickly burning through the stockpile. And it was like, mm-hmm. dude, this is a serious thing, you know? Like yeah. rubber is super important, not even just for the war effort, but for the— for the home front yeah <laughs> yeah we need tires to drive the jeeps in germany or whatever but we also need tires or rubber here so like this is a very important and pressing issue that needs to be solved and again like i said this wasn't the only thing there was also you know the, the government was also pouring money into like fucking oil companies <laughs> it's annoying yeah. to be like what can you do you know can you guys come up with something um give us a solution we'll help fund it yeah exactly and at this point it's so crazy i'm just like how do we not have money now like <laughs> i don't get it i don't you know what i, I mean the, i'm trying to get at the whole big thing is like we had like a 90 percent tax rate back then like everybody was paying their taxes you know yeah. like how how did we do afford that how how are we paying all of us not just the rich people all of us how are we paying so much less taxes now um but yet the government it's it's so freaking it doesn't have yeah like it's like basically saying like again if we tax you anymore everything's gonna fall apart like but no we used to be able to tax people 90 percent, and i'm not saying we should get taxed 90 percent. i'm saying billionaires should be taxed 90 (laughs) percent. So anyway, so yeah, it was so interesting. I could I could imagine the buzz around town, you know, that when it was going on. Not only did you have, you know, well, and and this is another thing is like this is such a neat thing, and it's not like Salinas forgets this, like their history, because we were Troop C is so celebrated in this town, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's Baton Memorial Park, and then yeah. they have the half track over there at the Baranda, you know adobe Mm -hmm. and and like it's known you know we have the freaking veterans banners right here in old town Town, like this country has such a boner for the fucking military and um no weird it's so strange because i'm like what about this this was also a part of the war effort this was super fucking neat but because it wasn't shooting guns and it's not not like it's forgotten boner for and that's why it's really yeah that's what people like they like killing death the the, like, the people the like banners and stuff i'm down with that you know what i mean yeah that's Honoring cool military that's so super cool yeah. yeah i think that's really dope but like 
Yeah, at that like Baton Memorial Park, they had that big ass fucking cannon there for the longest time. Because again, like shoot guns and destruction, yeah. and sh- that's weird. And uh, yeah, and that's where I'm like, okay, why don't we celebrate our, our whole effort? Like if we're we're making a genuine effort to celebrate our history and our contribution to the cause. Why do we ignore this part of it? This six hundred ninety million dollar, yeah, yes. like, come on, come, shit, come on, it, it, it's it's absolutely mind boggling to me. But and and you know, and I also think too about there's such a big push to get kids into STEM right now, and it's just like if you yeah. had this, there's a thousand scientists here i could see a little eight-year-old with their eyes just opening as big as a bug you yeah. know what i mean like wow this building it's like yeah, yeah right here in salinas mm. you know what i mean like man that it trips me out that yeah uh, and i mean i don't want to get into it too deeply but also like with uh, with mexicans we're, we're both mexican you know i'm like we they never advertise the like People that lived in the country that is now Mexico, I mean, it's the Mayans, it wasn't the Mexica, but they invested, invented astronomy. Yeah. They fucking invented astronomy yeah. and not like like two years before Europeans, like hundreds of, of years, years before yes. Europeans. Mm-hmm. Those fuckers knew so much, like they didn't even have telescopes or anything, but like they understood the sky in so such an advanced way when when europeans showed up like compa- yeah. i mean europeans also knew their shit don't get me wrong but the mayans were they were just Far fascinated in a way yeah. yeah and not just that think about it the aztecs the aztec calendar you know it's the most accurate timekeeping instrument made by man yeah like and, <laughs> more more so than any technology we ever had like yeah. created since right but I, th- I think yeah i our concept of time well, and, tr- and the ether yeah because i think like if you if you were to ask people if i say astronomy what's the first thing that comes you know or to your head and so many people i think would be like galileo yeah and it's just like what no like i, I that dude's like in the middle of the history of this stuff, yeah. you know? Like I don't get why I I would I am so proud of that. I yeah. I walk around with that, you know, feather in my cap, that point of pride yeah. that that part of my cultural history yeah, is the people that invented in astronomy. Like it's so cool to me. But like nobody focuses on that part. Um, I feel like, yeah, that's right. This is a similar scenario, right? In our small little town, this is like one of those exactly. kinds of equivalents. You yeah. know? Everyone always gets a big old boner for Steinbeck, which is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Steinbeck. I think, yeah, it's amazing. But like we can count further than one, y'all. Yeah, exactly. There's more greatness in our town than just one. Yeah, and that's, this is where I think what this is super cool. That's why I love doing these because not only would I have read that 250-page document anyway <laughs> because, <laughs> I, because I that's you. the you kind of have. sicko I am. but um, <laughs> That's your brand. Yeah. Right? yeah very yeah. brand for you. But now I get to share that, and I think it, it's neat, you know, because I, I think a lot of people are receptive because people aren't like, I don't I don't care about that, you know. People are like, holy crap, I didn't know. Like, thank yeah. you for, for bringing that out, you know. And um, so, yeah, so that's why I enjoy doing these. And that's why I think it's super cool, this medium. Um, but anyway, yeah, let me wrap this story up. Because, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's so interesting because it's so anticlimactic. Like, it seems like 
because people are probably like why aren't why don't we have all this guayul money you know in town why why are there no guayul trees right now where's the guayul tree the original guayul tree memorial park (laughs) see yeah and that's another plant that should be i still i'll talk about that in a bit i think but anyway that um yeah so so yeah because you're like dude the a thousand scientists you know 690 million dollars like that that there must what the heck happened where did it all go well what happened was the war ended (laughs) Mm -hmm. the war ended so what what they realized was that this this plant it took a while for it like three or four years for it to be like at its prime Mm. so they're like all right cool this this could work we can see this in the future you know if we had half a million acres planted across the country of a specific plant that we know this variety grows well everywhere and produces a lot of rubber um it'll do that but it's gonna take again four or five years for that to mature and in all that time you're not making any money you know and then as soon as the war ended, all well, the government was like, well, shit, we ain't gonna fucking... His government's you know, like, we well, we have our... We have control of... More control of the rubber in Japan now, so... Well, yeah, see, not only that, yeah, they said, okay, we... we Southeast Asia is basically destroyed, so we can use that rubber because we now are the new colonizers. Yep. <laughs> we're in charge now no. here. And Not new ones, but yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. We're we're back. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so so they're like, all right, we can use that money to help rebuild the re- rebuild those countries, and then also on uh, on top of that, the oil companies figured out synthetic rubber. Mm. With all the money that was poured into them, they figured out synthetic rubber, and that they, changed the game. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, check this out, dude. We don't we don't even need those Japanese rubber trees anymore." On top of that, actually, now we're the sellers. Like we we invented this stuff. So the government was like, "Oh, yep, Guayul, your project is completely done." They literally before they even harvested one fucking plant of this six hundred ninety million dollar project, they destroyed everything. They, what? Yeah, there's yeah. our tax dollars. Yeah, hard at work, folks. Yeah, it's been happening oh. since the oh, since the dawn of time, y'all. Since taxes were oh, yeah. that fucking. I mean, if the, y'all were in here, Oz is literally red. Like it pisses like, him off to the point where he has so, a physical reaction. Like it's so infuriating. Yeah, yeah it's so nuts. I think they did produce rubber because again, when they bought. The Continental Rubber Company, they had some plants growing already mm-hmm. and they had, you know, so they did produce rubber. Rubber was produced, but none of the plants that were planted specifically after the project started ever, ever were harvested. And when you say they destroyed it all, like they don't just like leave it there and bounce. They like actually destroy it. Like So like, they were concerned that the What's the bullshit excuse they came up with? Well, because we now had synthetic rubber, Mm -hmm. if other countries learned the stuff that they learned from the Guayul project, they could grow Guayul on their own and not have to buy synthetic rubber from the U.S. So So they're... So they... As per usual, looking out for their own ass. Yes! Yes! It's so 
fucked. It's so fucked. And oh, again, America stays on brand, man. No, they yeah. do not stray from the brand. So this, yeah, this, this, that's this 252 page document that they, mm-hmm. and again, it literally, like, it is, I could and see that's why, why it was classified. Yeah. Yeah. This was literally a classified document. 600 and what the equivalent of today's money would be $690 million. Well, and it goes like super, super in depth. Like I could see that, like, if you studied that, you you again you that's years of research already done mm-hmm. for you. You you could have a pretty successful, you know, setup. You know, a lot of the wild tree setup. Yeah. Um. So I I can see that, but dude, like, just to sell more oil, you know, and it, at at this point, this wasn't even. I'm pretty sure this was all Middle Eastern oil too, you know? Like yeah. this was American companies taking a resource from one country and then destroying a resource in its own country just so those countries that we're taking the resource from can buy the re- the shit that we're making from the resource that we're taking. This it's, is this is fucked up. Yes. This is fucked yeah. up. It's 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 like that that scene in the movie where like they feed the chicken an egg you know what i mean like it's like this is sick bro like you stole the chicken's fetus and now you're feeding it back to the chicken for sustenance like this is really really fucking twisted it's it's so fucked it's so fucked when you're just like jesus like okay Mm. so so when does like so the scrub starts at eight (laughs) <laughs> right when does, is there a new season wow what did scandal do now <laughs> oh my gosh that and is insane so that's how this all ends the government comes just, in and just destroys everything to yeah. clean up its ass and save its own economical interests well still yeah. stealing from foreign countries you couldn't at least brand. been like here dude your country has similar climate to you know this could help you guys here we don't need this but yeah nah Mm -mm, we ain't like that but we're like no you gotta be dependent Mm -hmm. on us america's not yeah see that's where it is Uh, that part right there that's what america loves for mm -hmm. people to be dependent on it even their citizens yeah Mm, y'all so messed up and independence grow your own fucking food i'm telling you <laughs> and if, and if you're super patriotic and you're still not upset at the government i gotta end it with this part because this is another side story to this story that i just think is super amazing and it was the actually the japanese contribution to this project because as everyone should be well aware, you know the the Japanese were put in internment, internment camps, camps, yeah, um, during World War Two, because this country's Japanese. racist, yeah, because yeah. this country's racist. There's really no other no other reasoning. This country's racist. Um, we were being overtly and, racist yet again. Yeah, that's yeah, dude. We go to war with Mexico and you lock me up. I don't fucking care. Like I'm a fucking war. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not on either side, yo. I am um, Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not fucking I'm not picking up guns from either of you dudes. Um, so anyway, what was super interesting, so obviously, you know, a lot of the Japanese, 
all can't say all of them most of the japanese were just regular people just going about their fucking life and then they they were put in, in these prisons by their own fucking government, government. by their own people with the second amendment that's still there i'm fucking tired of that like oh yeah oh that's why we need the second amendment and it's like we had the second amendment for the japanese when the japanese people got interred we had the second amendment during the trail of tears yeah the government's gonna do whatever the fuck they want your M16 ain't gonna do shit other than your kid's gonna kill himself with it. Um, <laughs> sorry or for getting if dark. you all unite. <laughs> yeah, just go vote. Um, but anyway, anyway, I, I'm going down a dark rabbit hole right there, but I, I, I gotta, um, and so yeah, so back to the light. So, so there was this guy by the name of Robert Emerson, speaking of the light, <laughs> this is the light in the story. Robert Emerson, and he had another homie, his other homie comes up. What was his name? Uh, Anderson. His homie Anderson. Emerson and Anderson. These dudes were Caltech professors, so they were they were hardcore scientists, mm-hmm. as Caltechies are, uh, but they were also Quakers. So okay. they were also Quakers. So their colleagues were also interred, you know, and they oh. were, and they this didn't sit right with them. They were like, "This ain't right." Those they're patriots. Those are fucking American, dude. Those are our colleagues. So when when the government when the government set up this Guayul project, the, these Caltech scientists were part of the team. So they were like, "We know people, you know, and, and Manzanar that know this shit better than us." You know, like yeah. we know those, like we need them, like we need mm-hmm. them, like if you want to figure this out, we can do it quicker with those people it was like bruce willis and armageddon where he was like bringing this group of folks (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and um so he he wanted to show you know that that, that they were loyal to them um the government was like whatever we're not gonna give you money for that the money's in salinas you know so he would save his like gas rations because i guess they would give you Mm -hmm. like coupons or whatever so like if he was at if he was at Caltech he would ride his bike to to school or he would ride ride his bike around Salinas and stuff so he didn't mm-hmm. have to, he wouldn't use up his gas so that way he could drive to Manzanar and so like the what ran the internment camps was different than like the War Department mm-hmm. so they were kind of independent so they yeah, could that's take what they did with the schools in Canada too. They were ran by the Catholic Church. Oh, really? mm-hmm. well, and it worked out for them in this way because Caltech was able to be like, all right, here's a little bit of money so you could set up a lab at Manzanar. So this this dude, um, he he worked, and I gotta shout them out as well. I gotta give them name. I gotta say their names. But the the, the three Japanese scientists that I found who were named were uh, Shimpen Nishimura. Masuo Kadani and Kenzi Nozaki. Those were three uh, Japanese Americans that were imprisoned by their own government that continued to to work for, you know, for the, the war effort, even though. Um, I would have said fuck America. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing how, how yeah, those, those yeah, people some, were just. Some people have so much grace, man. Uh, well, there's so much grace. I hear a story. I'm learning that if you like on Carmel Avenue, like where all mm-hmm. those big ass baller houses yeah, are, yeah, yeah, right that neighborhood, right next to the school, there's an empty lot. From what I hear, that 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 was that lot was Japanese Americans that were they they were land was taken during. Um, oh, again, wow. they were interned, and they were basically that's kind of like a fu. 
to the the cities like like when they got their land back they're like we're gonna put shit there like we're gonna just leave it blank and that's why the, that's what i've heard that's why there's that and you can go check it out I on Carmel Avenue. Carmel Avenue. Yeah, there's all those big ass mansions, and all of a sudden there's one empty lot. And that was a Japanese American family. And they were like, fuck you. We're not bringing our money here. Um. So, yeah. And yeah. So, but the interesting thing is that these guys, even with the shoestring budget, these guys were, were literally like saving coupons and stuff to do this. Uh, with those three scientists. They were able to, to discover strains of guayule that were not only stronger than what the strains in Salinas were, were doing, they were even stronger than the, the natural rubber that has been being used commonly. Oh, wow. These guys are freaking geniuses. With with a fraction Real of the, they have $690 million yeah. versus dudes collecting coupons. like, right. And the dudes collecting coupons outdid them. Want to know why? Because necessity is always the mother of invention. Always, always, always. Don't ever something. underestimate that. Necessity. Um. Yeah, it was. And this is, and again, in case you think it's me being conspiracy that all oh, the oil companies, you know, like this is yeah, Oz just being anti-business. This is uh, his friend Anderson, Emerson's friend Anderson. Um, he was really upset because he was like, "Dude, this was there was potential here. Like, we figured it out. Like, because even the project, the the report says like once it was done, they was like, dude, they were basically like weeks away mm-hmm. from making huge discoveries to where this was going to be a viable alternative to to the rubber tree." But they just gave up. And again, and this is what what uh, this guy Anderson had to say about the project ending. And he said, uh, the big oil companies wouldn't let them do it because it meant that they, they could not make synthetic rubber from oil. It, because it meant that they could not make synthetic rubber from oil, from their oil. And so they would not be able to make it. Chevron and whatever company was too strong. And they said, no, you can't do it. He literally calls out Chevron. And that's Damn. a California company. Um, and again, that's a California company, so you can shots you can, fired, yeah. bruh. And that, that that is what Anderson had to say about that. And but anyway, I just thought that was super neat that I had to also include. I mean, it very well deserves it, its own episode, but I had to include the, the Japanese involvement because again, not only is it, nobody knows this Guayul story, how the fuck yeah. are people going to know that Japanese yes. people were involved? Oh my gosh! You know? And this is the level. Of dedication <laughs> yeah. that Oz has for his listeners oh in these fucking history episodes. And this is why everybody enjoys it so much because you really get into it and bring mm. out those amazing, like, historical facts. <laughs> that shit is dope. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked me to be your co host. Yeah. Shit. I feel like I'm leaving smarter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I hope people are as well. And, and again, and, and take pride in this town. You know, I, I know it's, it's easy to get down on it. You know, and it's easy to make fun of it, especially with those fucking Instagram accounts that are yes, out there. Yes, oh my God, you uh, read my mind. <laughs> we aren't all just those Instagram uh, uh, accounts, man. There's yeah. some really amazing stuff yeah. happening here. There's, There's yeah. some dope history. There's some really, really great history in, in this town. And again, and what's awesome, what's, again, what I think is super cool about this, now that it's declassified, because it was a federal government thing, there there is so much, like, pictures and stuff. And I mean on william's ranch you know you're like dude this it's it's monteverde yeah it's where it's where monteverde oh, really? Mon- yeah right across the street you, from alice high school you can tell i mean it's not there but you can yeah. tell because like mm-hmm. dude i 
how the way the mountains are you know like <laughs> yeah. i know what i'm looking at it's just like it's so neat it's so neat That's all, so all this cool stuff that, that was... little time capsule yeah so anyway yeah i'm yeah i i'm glad that you were here i think it worked out better with with a, a co-host and Yay, thanks for inviting me I, I hope that the the listeners i hope you got something out of it i know i always get positive uh responses from these history ones and i enjoy the hell out of it it's it is tough. Don't get me wrong. 252 page government reports <laughs> using words like vicissitude. Uh, You're all, um, wait a minute. I, where's, where's my phone? I got to look this one up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But that's how we learn and that's how we grow and that's how we expand. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Stanley's vicissitude. I got Stanley. my title. Oh, well, tell us. Tell For those of us who don't know, because I mean, and I ain't even going to. I'll put myself on front street. Um, when you said vicissitude, I was like, uh, okay, so you're going to define that for me now? <laughs> right. Yeah. I had to look that up myself as well. It's just, but we're learning together. Yeah. And it's really just the ups and downs of life. You know, it's these mm -hmm. un unexpected moments. They're not neither good or bad. They're just kind of life changing moments. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and they're unexpected. And that, that's the way that the, vicissitude. the report used it is that, um, Again, because of the ever-changing nature, seemingly, of the plant. Again, they, they call it the vicissitude of the plant. Yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so now it's, now, it, but it gave me a title. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, it gave me a title and also, um, yeah, it was, it was cool. And, um, Reading is cool, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it really helps Read with your vocabulary. Books, it which helps brings with your me to my next point. Read more books. Yeah, I just started again, Black Skin, White Mask, because I just finished um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, you're going to have to lend that to me. I, I feel like I want to read that right, you know, before the movie comes out. I just <sighs> finished up um, There, There by Tommy Orange. I, beautiful i didn't put that up on the shelf because i definitely yeah because i want to read that as well yeah um but yeah i'm hearing a lot of great like the movie that scorsese did people were just like whoa yeah. <laughs> like he he this is his last movie and he saved the best for last like, i mean it's scorsese but i think also the thing that really really excited me about it is that a lot of like the background actors and um stuff like that are actual native folks um, yeah which i think you know have them there's so few spaces that we get for that you know so have them take up all the space mm -hmm. yeah. the trailer was just released for season three of reservation dogs oh <laughs> my god i cried when i found out that that was going to be the final season of reservation dogs i was not ready i was not ready but then i read like everything that the director um creator of the show and stuff had put out and so i was just like okay like it's it's a beautiful you know kind of circular ending to it but yeah. in my world i was gonna have seasons and seasons and seasons of yeah. this and last season just that that episode with when will uh willie jack goes to prison <laughs> yeah to see their relative yeah oh, that just oh oh Oh, oh, Damn. Oh. Um, yeah, I think that's one of those when 10, 15 years down the road when like Native American characters are going to be different, not just on Native American shows. Like they're going to be portrayed differently. Yeah. You're going to be able to go all the way back to Reservation Dogs. Yeah. And be like, this, that was a this big This was a moment. groundbreaking yeah. show that changed a lot. 
Yeah. It's all all you know, mostly Native American cast, mostly Native American crew. Like it yeah, all Written. they're all just gonna spread out I and do that. all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're already, you know, they're already <laughs> exactly, directing yeah. their own things and stuff. It's awesome. Yes. Anyway, anyway, I'm glad everybody I'm glad. I hope everybody enjoyed the story of You already know. The You're Salinas just claiming Gua- it. Guayul project. Claim it. <laughs> and I think it's actually kind of cool because I get to define how people pronounce that word. <laughs> <laughs> At least around here. Yeah. Like, oh, well, in Salinas it's pronounced Guayul. Yeah. Just like Rodeo. Said, said by the expert. Yeah. <laughs> The unofficial mayor of the city. <laughs> That's the one when you're the only one doing it, you get to decide these things. It's yeah. pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, we got some really, really cool guests lined up. I, I think I'm finally going to be able to track down Caro. I really want to do that nice. interview. Nice. Yay. I was like, thanks, She's bro. You left me on red, Holmes. Hey. She was like, get my number. Get my number. I never checked my Instagram. I was like, I'm hurt, bro. I'm hurt. Hey, I got them digits if you need them. No, she, I, got her, I got her number I'm, that time. I'm cool like that. Yeah. It's, uh, that's what's so cool. Again, that's what I love about this neighborhood. You know, you're just walking down the neighborhood. You run into somebody. Some amazing people. Shout out Artist Inc. That's over there giving artists, you know, work and and doing amazing things, you know, because, yeah, I met Caro through the teatro. She's an amazing, amazing teatrista. She's super talented. Super talented writer and just actress. And her comedic timing is fucking beautiful. She's so funny. She is She's so amazingly funny. talented. Oh, my actually, God. Actually, I just, just remembered because, yeah, the next guest is actually going to be Lily. Lily you know, from 201 if you've ever been to 201 oh, cool. you know lily yeah and so we'll we'll figure out her story mm-hmm. and uh yeah we'll have her in the studio and she'll be in here talking about 201 and everything that they're doing and how she got involved with all that and yeah what her selena story is so stay tuned for that that should be fun yes um but anyway once again oz here samantha across hey. the way <laughs> selena's underground we'll catch y'all later peace peace